Well, welcome everybody. It's lovely to have you here. Um, if you're joining us online, um, you may be doing that a little bit late, but it's great to have you here too. Um, my name is Tom Fenning. I serve as the pastor of this church and I want to welcome you all to the 11.15 service. It's great to have you here. Um, as we do in each of our services the way we've met in the building, because we're unable to mingle as much after the service or before, we just go around the building and just welcome people by name. So we'll start in the gallery today. Um, Linda and Barry are up in the top. Lovely to see you both. And Paul and Jane, hello, welcome. And then go from the back corner, Morris and Ian are sat on the back row there. Lovely to have you here, gents. And the Fisher family, Justin and Hayden and Rebecca and Tom. Jerry, lovely to have you here. Good to have you with us this morning. And Ian and Joe, thank you so much for playing for us as we've come in. It's lovely to have some music as we begin our service. And then there's the Fenning family, Toby, Emily, Daniel, and Luke there. And the Payne family, we've got Stella and Eric and Josh. Lovely to have you here. And then on the desk, we've got Matthew, Charlie, Linton, Nick, and Matthew. Great to have you here. Deirdre in the back corner. Kev, welcome, and Jackie, and then Doug and Esther. Esther, lovely to have you here this morning. Joe, who's been welcoming us and registering us, um, as have Brian and Marilyn. And we've got Peter, Ruth, and Beth, and that's the lot. Uh, we're going to begin by reading a verse from the Bible as we start. It's a verse that we read yesterday, if you're following along in our daily Bible reading. Um, it should come up on the sc screen, or there's a prayer of confession that's going to come up on the screen. We'll pray in a moment. But here's what we learn about the Lord Jesus in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that through his poverty you might become rich. The gospel is the glorious news that Jesus has changed places with us. He took the poverty of death upon the cross so that we could know the riches of forgiveness and welcome into God's family. And because that's true, we're going to pray a prayer of confession as we begin. It's based, or the introduction to it is based on the parable of the prodigal son. That's the parable that we looked at at Holiday Bible Club. And there are clear echoes as the son thinks to go back to his dad of what we've been seeing with Onesimus in the book of Philemon, wanting to come back longing for welcome and forgiveness. So there's some bits that I'm going to read, then there's a bit that we'll all read, and it'll come up on the screen um, now. I will arise, the prodigal son said, and go to my father, and I will say to him, everybody, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and am no more worthy to be called your son. Together, almighty God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. We have not loved you with all our heart. We have not loved our neighbours as ourselves. Have mercy upon us. Cleanse us from our sins. And help us to overcome our faults through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And the great news is that just as the prodigal son was welcomed back by his father, we have confidence as we say sorry to God for our sin, that he welcomes us back and he's glad to have us in the family. What good news there is in knowing the Lord Jesus. 
We're going to read the Bible now. Um, the reading comes from Philemon um, 17 to 25. Tom is going to come and bring that reading for us from the front. The words will come up on the screen, but if you want to turn to a Bible, should you have one to hand, you can turn to it and follow along as Tom comes up the front here and reads the Bible for us. Thanks, Tom. Philemon chapter 17 to 25. So if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will pay it back, not to mention that you owe me your very self. I do not wish, brother, that I may have some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I ask. And one thing more, prepare a guest room for me, because I hope to be restored to you in answer to your prayers. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends you greetings. And so do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas and Luke, my fellow workers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Well done, Tom. Uh, brilliant, really. It's not easy to read up in front of everybody at all, and definitely not easy to read the last bit of a letter with all those names uh, flawlessly read. Um, let me add my welcome uh, to Tom's. Uh, my name's Peter, and it's great to be with you. Let me lead us in prayer as we listen to God. Father, we know that... Uh, from the scriptures, love is the better way. That if we have the f- a faith that moves mountains and yet we don't have love, then we're nothing. We know that as a church, if we uh, have lots of activity, lots of growth, uh, but don't have love, that means little. And we pray that you would shape us and change us today uh, through what we learn of the Lord Jesus and what he says to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we are coming to the end of three weeks in this letter to Philemon, written by Paul to Philemon. And in this letter, Paul has effectively got out his Sharpie pen and he's put the dots in place for the love-shaped life. What shape am I making? Or trying to make in the air? A love heart, a heart, love-shaped life. But uh, we've seen a number of things that the love-shaped life includes. Uh, we've seen it. The, the gospel glasses, we need to see everything rightly, and that gives us fresh perspective on relationships together. But as we come to this final paragraph in this letter, it's like Paul now joins the dots, gets out the pen. Philemon, let me be very clear what this is going to mean for you and for the church who are listening. Because remember, the church are all listening as this is read out. Verse 17, if you've got your Bibles with you, little number 17, this is what it means. So if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. Love-shaped life, Paul says to Philemon, welcome Onesimus. Welcome him. Open the door to him. And that's what we're talking about today. This is why I've got my door. I didn't steal it from my house and my wife is not angry with me. This is just a scrap door. But welcome. We are talking about opening the door of our lives to people. Opening our homes 
to people. Now, it's a question for you to get us thinking. Who, if they were to knock on the door, would you love to welcome? Come on in, open the door wide. Got someone in mind? Who would you love to? Who would you struggle to let into your home? Who would you shut the door to? Strangers? People who are dangerous? People who annoy you? People who have offended you? Well, that's the question to have in mind. Have you got a face in mind? Someone you'd find difficult? Because Paul in this letter wants to push it further. He says, well, I'm not just talking about opening the door of your home. I'm talking about opening the door of your heart to people. And who would you struggle to welcome into your heart? Who do you want to keep at arm's length, shut outside? Maybe someone who has hurt you. Someone who just confuses you. One writer talks about uh, E-G-R people. Extra grace required people. I wonder if you know any of them. We're talking about welcoming, opening the doors, not just of our homes, but of our hearts to people. And Paul in this letter says, verse 17, Philemon, let me be very clear. Welcome Onesimus. Now, what does that mean? We're going to watch a short video clip just to recap where we've come to in this scenario, this story, and what welcome really means. If you remember the story, you'll know that Onesimus, the slave, and Philemon, the master, have had a bust-up, an argument, and Onesimus has run away. And we're not clear in the letter whose fault exactly it is. Paul is very careful, tiptoeing around the issue, not really laying the big blame on somebody in particular. But what is clear is this. Philemon is to welcome Onesimus back, to have him back, to let him in, to have him back not only as a slave, but more than a slave, as a dear brother. Paul says, Philemon, in this letter, you need to welcome him. Now, what does that mean? Welcome is such a big word. Now, let's have a consideration of what what are the options available? Well, firstly, Philemon could simply, when he hears the door go, he could ignore it. He could shut the door and send uh, Onesimus on his way. Bye-bye. I don't want anything to do with you. Well, I don't think that's what Paul means by welcome, do you? Or, secondly, Philemon could, when he hears the door, he could kind of poke his head through the door, see who it is, uh, maybe give um, Onesimus some clothing or some food, and then send him on his way again, because he won't let him in the house. Again, I'm not sure that's what he means by welcome, do you think? Or, when he hears the door, Philemon could say, oh, okay, come on in, come into the house. And so they could go into the house together, but never speak to each other. They give each other the silent treatment because Well, they had a bust-up, they had an argument, and things aren't really fixed yet. Again, that doesn't sound very much like welcome him, does it? No, in fact, this is what Paul is saying. He's saying, Philemon, Onesimus, I don't want you just to be in the same household. 
I want you to be like family together. I want you to forgive fully and freely. When Paul says, Philemon, welcome him in, he's saying, let him in. And not just open the door of your home. I mean, open the door of your heart to him. Let him in. Forgive him fully and freely. That's what it means to welcome him. So, welcome him. Open the door of your heart is the what and how and why is Philemon's question. Now remember, Onesimus is probably there, comes along, knocks on the door, holds out this letter because he's being in trouble and he's worried what's going to happen. Paul says, welcome him. And this is why. Two things we need to see. We've been seeing the whole time through. Gospel glasses change everything. Two things we need to know that will nudge that door of our heart open bit by bit. bit. And the first thing is this. Hands ready. Our connection to each other. Can you do that with me again? Our connection to each other. That's the point he's making in verse 17. Paul writes, Philemon, if you consider me a partner... Welcome him as you would welcome me. It's like Paul is saying, Philemon, if if you think I'm part of the family, then he's part of the family. If you would welcome me as part of the family, then he's part of the family. If you would open the door to me, then open the door to Onesimus, because we are connected to each other. If you like, when we're joined to Jesus, connected to him, we are connected to a bigger family. It's like we are players on the same team, members of the same family, partners in the same business. We are connected to each other. You've got Philemon, Onesimus, Paul, you, me, we. We are connected to each other. Can you do that? We need to remember our connection to each other. And it's because we are connected to each other that we must welcome each other. We must. And of course, you can't really welcome someone if you can't forgive them. And that is the first step that Paul starts with, with Philemon. He says, Philemon, you've got to welcome them and forgive them. Just a few things to point out before we move on. We're talking about forgiving people. I don't know how you feel about that, what you think when I say forgive, but these are three things we mustn't think. Firstly, forgiving someone does not mean forgetting. There's some wounds... Some scars, they go too deep. Consider Onesimus and Philemon. Whatever's gone in that household and they've had an argument, it's very unlikely that suddenly they've had like a brain sweep and they've completely forgotten what happened. Now, they'll probably well remember what happened, but they can still forgive each other. Forgiving doesn't mean forgetting. Secondly, forgiving doesn't mean not feeling. Some wounds heal over and scar. Other wounds don't necessarily heal at all. And they're still painful. Philemon and Onesimus may well still feel hurt sometimes, whatever has gone on. But they can still forgive each other. And thirdly, forgiving each other, it doesn't mean being foolish. Paul says welcome. And that means open your heart to other people. He's not saying open up yourself to harm from people. We are called to forgive others completely. But that's not the same as trusting someone completely. Again, Onesimus, what did Onesimus do? 
Onesimus is this slave and he's about to run away. He's creeping away at night. Oh, Philemon's wallet. That could be useful. Pops it in his pocket and runs off. That's what was suspected to have happened. Onesimus has stolen something. So when Onesimus comes back, the door's open to him, is Philemon likely to go, Onesimus, I would like you to look after the money bag of the house again? Probably not, because he's not proven himself particularly trustworthy with that. Not yet, at least. But he could still be forgiven. He could still be welcomed. And it is this connection to each other that means this must happen. Not just for them, but for us. And so I want you to go back to that picture you had in your mind, I want you to visualize that person right here who you find difficult, that EGR person, the the person that you get irritated by or you have been hurt by. Now, what would it take this week for you just to nudge that door open a little bit? Because that's what Paul, Paul is saying, we must welcome each other. It might be saying hello to someone or just smiling to someone who you normally just ignore. It might be sending someone a text or a note or having a a conversation with them. It might be as simple as simply praying for them the next time you are frustrated by them. Small steps to nudge that door open because our connection to each other, can you do that? Our connection to each other means we must welcome each other. That's the first thing we need to see. Second thing, that will nudge that door open. Ready? Our debt to God. Can you do that with me? Our debt to God. <coughs> oh, Ben, what are you doing here? Ben, Ben, what's wrong? I want to talk to you. Me? Um, it's not really especially convenient because there's, there's quite a few people here and they're waiting for me to say something. You owe me some money. Me? What? What? I don't owe you any money. I owe you. Yeah, that does have my name on. I'm so sorry, Ben. I completely forgot. I'm, I'm, I did mean to pay you. I'm really, I should settle that debt now, Jenna. I owe you money. I must sort it out. Uh, how much was that dinosaur? Fluffy? Pink? Oh, it, it was a lot. A lot? Yeah. Ten pounds? Pa- yeah, ten pounds oh, yeah, indeed. Yeah. Okay, pounds. there you go. Thanks, Ben. Mm. Thanks. Right, you don't owe me anymore. See you later. Great. Thanks, Ben. Bye. Now... That's what we're talking about. I had a debt to Ben. (laughs) I owed him some money for a pink fluffy dinosaur. I hadn't paid it yet, but now I've paid my debt. Okay? Well, Paul is talking about debt here, and specifically to Philemon, he's saying, Philemon, you and we, we have a debt to God. Look with me, verse 18 and 19 of Philemon. Philemon, little number 18. Philemon, if he's done, done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will pay it back. Not to mention that you owe me your very self. So Paul's very tactful. He's like saying, Philemon, I, I know that Onesimus might owe you. I know he might have taken some money, but I'll pay it for you. It's okay. Charge it to my account. But if we're going to talk about owing, 
let's not forget that you owe me. You owe me your very self, your soul, your life. I gave you the gospel, and you were saved by the gospel. I saved your life. Do you want to talk about owing and debt? <laughs> because you owe me. But I've not made a big deal of it. And more than that, Paul steps back and says, actually, you don't just owe me. We all owe God. We all have a debt to God for our disregard of him. Every day. Now, if you're here and you're a Christian, you follow Jesus, you know what? That debt to God wiped away. Not by ourselves, not by what we've done. The Lord Jesus took that debt, put it on a cross and paid for it all. Wiped it clean. But if you're not a Christian, well, that means actually you still owe God. And that debt is mounting daily, every day that you live in his world without reference to him. That debt to God is getting higher and higher and higher. Perhaps that sounds a bit offensive, yeah, but let me illustrate. Imagine someone steals your wallets, your credit card, your debit card, some money. I don't know, children, if you've got a piggy bank at home. Well, eventually the police track this person down and they find a record of everything they've spent with your money. And you look at this list and it, at first it's slightly bewildering. You, you think, uh, a tea cosy? A green cushion? And some Yorkshire tea bags? I mean, fine. They're not exactly wild, are they? Uh, it's not particularly wicked to buy a tea cosy or own one or have some Yorkshire tea bags. But is it wrong? Well, yes. Because whose money is it? They've been using your resources for themselves. Now, every single one of us is guilty of that. Using God's resources for ourselves. So we think, well, if you're particularly if you're not a Christian here, you're listening online or uh, you're with us uh, today, uh, you'd say, well, my life's not especially wild. I've not done anything really, really wicked. But it is wrong. It is wrong to live in God's world with God's gifts and use them for yourself. And it's not just wrong. It puts us in debt to God. It gives us a debt to God. And it puts us in danger with him of a day of accounting. And so if that is you, actually, I just want to say now, don't delay today. Because if you walk out of the building, actually your debt will have gone even higher because you've had a chance to respond and you've not done it. And Jesus is saying, I will pay that debt straight away. Maybe that's someone today. But Paul's point, actually, is to Philemon, who is a Christian, who, who knows his debt has been paid. And he's saying, Philemon, remember that huge debt you had? Well, it's big enough to crush any complaints you have about other people. It should help you forgive those who've hurt you and offended you and upset you when you remember your debt to God. Ah! Ah! Oh, Ben, <laughs> nice to see you again. Um, what's wrong this time? You, you, you look a little bit cross. You bet I am. You'll never guess what Lucy's done now. Ooh. No, but I suspect you're going to tell me what Lucy's done wrong, right? Well, last week at church, she got everything wrong. First, she turns up late, so 
all by myself. Oh dear. Then she forgot to bring the biscuits for church, so I had to go and buy some more. And then she spilled all the milk everywhere. Oh, Ben, <laughs> there's no point crying over spilt milk. Not the time for jokes. Okay, Ben. Uh, anyway, it sounds like Lucy has done an awful lot wrong. Like, there's a long list of things she's done wrong to you. Yes, I've got a long list. Look. Open it up, it's really long. That is uh, quite, quite long. Um, why have you written such a long list of everything she's done wrong? I need to remember all she's done wrong. And then I can remind her of it and that she owes me big time. <laughs> okay, Ben. Um, ben? Yes? If God kept a list of all that you've done wrong and I've done wrong, how long do you think it would be? Um, quite long. Maybe as long as my arm. Mm, a bit longer. Um, as long as your arm? Definitely longer. Now, Ben, I think you're missing the point here. If God were to write a list of everything I've done wrong, I know that this list would go out through the church building, out the front door, down the front steps, down Station Road, past the station, and on and on and on. It would be huge. Oh, so my list would probably be quite long too. <laughs> definitely, Ben, definitely. But if you know Jesus, what, what does he do with that long list of things we've done wrong? Exactly, yeah, God has forgiven your debt, your sin. Um, what about Lucy's sin, her debt? Well, she follows Jesus too, so he's probably got rid of her list too, has he? <laughs> That's right, Ben, yep. Oh, I see. Yes, Ben? So, if Jesus has got rid of my list and Lucy's list of wrong things, maybe I should stop making my own list and get rid of that too. Exactly, Ben. Go God didn't hold on to your list or my list, so you should let go of Lucy's list. Oh, well, I won't be needing this then. <laughs> Bye. Bye, Ben. That's what we're talking about. That's the welcome we mean. Welcome each other. Open the door of your hearts to each other. Why two things? Ready? Firstly, our connection to each other. You, me, we, we're connected to each other. We must welcome each other. Secondly, our debts to God. Our debt to God has gone, so who are we to hold on to a debt to someone else? We must. Now, at the end, Paul is really confident. If you look down at verse 21, Paul's so confident Philemon's going to do this. He says, confident of your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you'll do even more than I ask. He's confident that Philemon will probably forgive him, well, definitely forgive him and probably free him. He's confident that this love-shaped life will go on and on and on because it's a love-shaped life. And we as elders are really confident for this church of exactly the same thing. We've been praying for this love-shaped life. We've been seeing what it looks like with the dots and our prayer has been that we will continue not just to join the dots today or tomorrow, 
but on and on and on, that our church family would be marked by this life of love. So let me pray right now that that will be the case. Father, we thank you for your kindness to us uh, in your love. Thank you that you sent your Son. And thank you that he sent his Spirit into our hearts. And we pray that by that same Spirit, he might shape us uh, into the image of Jesus, the, the life of love, the better way. Please show us and expose us where we don't welcome others. And give us opportunities to welcome and forgive just this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, one of the things we just talked about uh, was needing to see our connection to each other. And we're going to sing a song now. Well, we're going to listen to a song. Uh, if you're at home, you can sing, feel free. Um, here, I'd encourage you to hum under your masks, enjoy the tune. We sang it last week, and uh, I hope that it just reminds you of our connection to each other and our debt to God that has been paid. So enjoy this song.
As a simple expression of being family together, we have made it our habit in our services since we've been back in the building to hear news from an individual or a couple um, to know how they've been getting on and how we can be praying for them. Um, and uh, since we've been back in the building in recent weeks, uh, we've particularly picked some people who aren't able to be here in the building. And we're really pleased that Kev and Joe have agreed to fill us in on their news and how we can be praying for them and for Polly. And here's a brief video I shot during the week with them talking about how they're doing. This morning we are hearing from Kevin and Joe how they found lockdown and how we can be praying for them. Now it's six months since church services had to stop meeting in the building. Um, Kevin and Joe, how are you doing? And how particularly did you find that initial phase of lockdown and the months that followed? We're doing okay. Um, lockdown was strange. Um, the street was nice and quiet. Um, yeah, Polly really enjoyed, really enjoyed um, the homeschooling, and and was very um, motivated to do that. So that was really good. And I enjoyed being in the garden. Mm. And initially I had three weeks off work because I couldn't get the um, building materials. And then once I could get the materials, I would, went back, back to work. Then, um, that's it really. And you've been kind of busy as ever since then? I, I've been qu quite busy. Um, <laughs> I'm booking up February now, so that's quite busy for me. I'm normally a month or so, but not, not, not that far ahead. Any particular highlights of lockdown, things you've enjoyed, things you've started doing that before you hadn't done? Um, yeah, we, we, we bought half a kayak and we, um, went up the River Waveney, or, or most of the River Waveney, I think. So that was quite enjoyable. Thankfully, somebody bought the other half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so Josh and Beth yeah. bought the other half. Yeah. And it's still together with your yeah. So <laughs> yeah. it, it works. Okay, it works, good. It works that's yeah. Good. yeah. That's cool. And you've, you've enjoyed tuning into church? There's been some highlights for you? Yeah, we, yeah, we, we enjoy the Sofa Church, don't we? We do, we do. That's been really good. And, and the talks have been really good. And the, um, yeah, they've, yeah, just, and it's just have, been well presented, hasn't and it? We, and we are on time. Yes, every week. <laughs> the wonders never cease, the wonders <laughs> never cease. How are things, how are things now? Um, for you as a family with things coming out of lockdown, Polly back at school, how are you doing? Well, Polly is struggling um, a little bit at school. There's lots of changes due to COVID. There's lots of changes due to it being year 11. And that's her final year and GCSEs will be at the end of this school year. Um, so she's just got to get her head around them um, and has just been struggling this week. and. Moving about the school is a lot different to what it was last year, and um, but she will. She'll get her head around. She's got lots of help. So, um, but yeah, she she's struggling with that, and I've got to figure out what I'm going to do with my time now that she's back. Um, so yeah, but um, but we've enjoyed been doing the ladies' Bible study and enjoying the um, cups of tea in the garden. So you that's been nice. The last two weeks. The last two, yeah. yeah. So that's really good mm -hmm. to kind of like get some routine back into the week. Um, 
because with the lockdown, that's, that, there's no routine, and, and now Polly's gone back to school, routine's totally gone. <laughs> so, um, On your feet again? Yeah. Rhythms. Yes. Yeah. But, yeah. Good. Good. How can we be proud of you? Just looking forward from here. Well, personally, my, my back, my back um, I pulled, my, pulled a muscle on Monday, and um, so my back's a bit sore and stiff. So, um, yeah, but it is improving. Mm. Yeah. 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 Um, pray for Polly's future with, the, with their GCSEs. Um, and also that through, through lockdown, my, my coming off a painkiller um, has really helped my back um, and, and you know I give thanks that it's a lot better than it was and that it will continue to, to be a lot better than it was so yeah so we're, we're really thankful for that aren't we, we are. yes very much so <laughs> okay well it's good to catch up with um, Kevin Joe and know that their kayak is in one piece rather than in two um, we're going to spend some time praying for them um, and praying for um, some other bits and pieces too. Doug, who serves as one of our elders, is going to come and lead us in prayer. Thanks, Doug. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can come to you, our Heavenly Father, and we come in the name of our Lord Jesus we thank you that we have been forgiven in his name. Thank you for his death for us. Thank you for Kevin and Joe. Thank you that they know that for themselves. Thank you for their marriage, for their family. And we commit them to you at this time. Having heard from them, we do pray for the things they've asked for, Lord. We think of Kevin's back situation. We thank you that it's getting better. We pray, Lord, that he would soon be uh, okay to continue working. Pray for Joe back as well. And uh, pray for improvement in that. We thank you for them both. And we pray for their ongoing health issues. We think of Polly too. We thank you for Polly. We commit her to you. We thank you that she enjoyed the homeschooling, but she's struggling somewhat at school. And so we pray for her future, particularly uh, GCSEs and the things that are coming up. Pray that she would study well, that she would settle back into school well. And we pray most of all, Lord, though, that she would learn of you and your ways. Lord, we want to pray for other situations. We think we go out into the world and we see what's happening and we... We, we ask, Lord God, that you'd have mercy on this world. We pray, Lord, for particularly for India, where there are 92,000 new cases of the coronavirus, 5.4 million in total. We pray for China as well, for another wave, fifth wave. There are many countries affected across the world. So we do pray for these countries. We pray for wisdom for government leaders all around the world, and particularly our own government here too. We pray for those involved in frontline action. Lord, we commit them to you at this time. And we also pray, Lord God, for gospel opportunities that this brings as well. For people who 
perhaps never before, started thinking about eternal things, thinking about who you are and what you have done. So we pray, Lord, that God, for us, our believers, that we would be faithful in proclaiming the gospel at this time and be loving and sensitive and kind to others. We've been thinking about that love this morning that Paul recommended to Philemon. That love, really, which is your love in the hearts of your people. Lord, we think of people in our own fellowship that are struggling at this time. We think particularly of Tinica, who's really not well. We commit her to you, Lord. We thank you for her love for you. We thank you for Andrew, Keith and Marilyn's son, who's uh, returned back home from Papworth, and we thank and pray for his recovery. Pray for those who are waiting operations, like Angela and Val, and we commit them to you, Lord. We thank Clive too, and his ongoing treatment. Thank you that Morris is here this morning. We continue to pray for Morris, Lord, that you would uh, comfort him in his grief. Lord, we thank you for one another. Help us to serve and to love one another and to pray and support one another that that love of Christ might be shown and others may give praise to you. We ask these things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Our service is almost concluded. There are just some notices for me to mention um, for us all. Um, The first is to point out that following this service and to complement this service, there are both activity sheets that have been emailed out and are also available on the church website, which should help families especially just uh, think through what we've been learning as we've been looking at Philemon. And there's also a playlist of songs um, which you can sing along to at your heart's content. You'll find them on our church YouTube channel. Um, So those are two resources. Um, Then this evening we have our evening service which will be broadcast on our YouTube channel that has been pre-recorded and I'm going to be preaching on 1 Samuel 17, that very famous account of David and Goliath as we look there in the Old Testament. So 6.30 this evening for our evening service on YouTube. Then into the week, two events just to mention to you. Um, The first to mention is happening on Tuesday evening, 7.30 on Zoom. It's a meeting especially for parents, carers, grandparents, um, in which Beth, our children's worker, is going to explain our plans for restarting Sunday school, which we are hoping to have starting two weeks' time on Sunday, the 4th of October. Um, A link for the Zoom meeting, it's happening online, has been sent out already. If you're not a parent or a grandparent carer, then, uh, but you'd still like to tune in, you're really welcome to. If you want to find out what's going on, um, then you can tune in to that meeting um, and join Beth and the others there. Uh, that's one event Tuesday. Second event this week is Thursday, is to mention our home groups. These are our small group Bible studies. Um, and this week we're doing something slightly different. We're meeting online on Zoom, again as usual, um, but we're going big in that we're going to have all the home groups together for home group central on Zoom. Um, but the meeting is going to be both a mixture of everyone all together and then home groups in small groups too. So we'll have a little talk and then there'll be some discussion questions which we'll work through in our home groups. So we'll split out into breakout rooms, into smaller groups. Um, and then we'll share some prayer points and again we will pray in small groups. So it's going to be a mixture of seeing everybody and time with your home group too. So please do join us then. Again, the link for that has been sent out. 
Then on to next Sunday, um, we have services in the morning again at 9.15 and 11.15. The 11.15 service will be live streamed as long as the technology plays ball with us. And next week, our Sunday services in the morning, two things to note. First up, it is a Harvest Thanksgiving service. Um, at this service, we will take up a special offering in support of Caring for Life. Uh, last week, we handed out some envelopes like this. Um, if you didn't get one last week and you'd like one, you can pick one up from a table in the foyer. Or if you're tuning in online and you'd like us to send you one, then you can. The only reason we've produced these envelopes is just as a memory prompt to help us if we would like to give then it helps us to remember. It certainly helps me to remember, and I think it does other people too. So use them if you'd like, or don't, as you please. The other thing to mention about next Sunday morning is that we're going to have communion at the tail end of the service here in the building. Um, that will be a chance for us to share the bread and cup and remember the death of the Lord Jesus together. The one thing to say is that that, that will not be streamed live on the internet. We will end the service just before we share communion in the building, but what we're saying to people is if you're unable to come and join us physically in the building, but you'd like someone to come and share the Lord's Supper with you, please get in touch and let us know so that we can then arrange for someone to come to your home and share the bread and cup with you there. Um, just say, say to people in the building, if you've got people you're particularly mindful of who can't come, do encourage them to get in touch with us. And we just think actually sharing physically the communion together is much better. Um, and just a demonstration of love and of being one family together. So that's next Sunday, um, Harvest Thanksgiving and Communion in that morning service. And then in our evening service, we will have, um, we're going to be continuing in 1 Samuel um, and we'll meet at 6.30 on YouTube as per normal. It's our intention then that following that, that we will be able to then start live streaming from the 4th of October and have a congregation in here for the evening services. But watch this space, we'll keep you posted um, on that. Well, those are the notices that um, we all need to hear. Um, we're going to read a prayer from the Bible to close, and then there are a few more notices for us in the building, um, and then we will go. So let's just bow our heads and let's pray as we close. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. Father, please would you help us be a church that's ever more marked by this life of love. May we be a church that welcomes and encourages one another. May we care for one another well in the week ahead, for we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.